Thank you for listening to Throbbing With Horror. Throbbing With Horror. You gotta get that with in there, Greg. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. God damn it. Happy April Fool's. It's the one time a year that we allow ourselves to do a non-horror movie, and I traded all of my April picks to be able to pick this movie. Yeah, because this was supposed to be my year. And Brett... Said I will trade you all of my picks for the month if I can pick it again because I was gonna make you watch ET. Well, because at one point you guys were throwing around ET, and I was like, "There's no fucking way I'm watching that." And then at one point you're like, "Ah, I don't know if we're even do it." I'm like, "No, no, no! This is the one time a year we can do a non horror movie by our own rules, so we have to do it. <laughs> we stick to our own rules. I'll give us that." Yes. And then my first idea was to do Best Fiends with Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero. And you're like, all right. I'm like, but it's two movies. You're like, no. (laughs) You get one. I was like, damn it. So I picked my backup, which is Howard Stern's Private Parts, which is, I'm going to say, probably the movie that got me into talk radio, which then in turn got me into podcasting. Uh, First time watch for me. Really? Yeah, I never saw it before. Oh, it used to be on VH1 all the time, and I remember being, like, in elementary school, the same time I'm watching, like, Friday the 13th and whatnot, watching Private Parts, and it was great because that was, like, the TV edit, so instead of just editing out the parts or blurring them, they would stop the movie, Howard Stern would walk out and be like, now in the next scene, there's a naked lady. We can't show it on television, of course. If you want to see the naked lady, buy the DVD. Thank you. And then he would walk off screen, and that part would just be cut out. No, I didn't get cable or satellite till I was a teenager. So I had like three channels growing up as a kid and everything. So yeah. no, I, I never saw it when it was in heavy rotation then. Oh, it was on all the time. It was like one of those ones of, uh, which Indiana Jones was always on like TBS. It's like, what's the bad middle one? No, I don't know. But yeah, the one with the lady. Um... That was like a lady. Yeah, but it's Spielberg's lady. That's why she's there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was on all the time. It got me into, like, I was like, oh, talk radio and whatnot. Got me uh, watching the Howard Stern E show when that was on the E channel. Um, got me listening to, I did, we had a swimming pool, and I'd just listen to talk radio all day as a child while swimming. Be like, oh, the Grease Man's on, because that's who took over for Howard when he left uh, DC 101. And so that was like the channel that we got. It was like, oh, it's not Howard Stern, but it's pretty good. But if there are any of our older listeners know the Grease Man, please let us know. <laughs> I just think it's weird that you picked a movie about a talent show host. You must really like that show. Oh, no, that's the, that's the Howard Stern that I'm not even mentioning during this episode. Of uh, the, if you're an avid listener, you know I like old Stern. Stern from the last about ten to thirteen years sucks balls. No, Brett's just a very big America's Got Talent fan, and he's lying to all of you listeners. Every time I go to his house, he's just watching America's Got Talent all the time. And he goes Howard, Howard, and there's no Sharon Osbourne movie. Wait, she's not on that show, is she? I have no there's idea. There's a Mandel movie that he wanted to pick, so we went with this. Yeah, the America's Got Talent movie, which is yes. really funny because that show used to travel all around the country, 
And when they hired Stern, he made them move it direct only to New York City, so he didn't have to go anywhere, and he could just stay in the city and do his shows. See, exactly. I told you. Now you're spouting America's Got Talent facts at me. Because I know so much about Howard Stern. <laughs> nope. This- you can just say that you love America's Got Talent, and we're going to do a movie about all the judges for the next few April Fool's Days. That's fine. You know what's great is this is the one time I can go on and on about Howard Stern, and you cannot stop me. I can't stop you ever. I can just cut it out when, when I'm we- editing. I can never stop you, though. The the uh, episode's 15 minutes long. That's how much actual movie we talk about. <laughs> uh, so what, this, who, did, Stern didn't direct this, did he? No, directed by Betty Thomas, who also directed the uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel. <laughs> oh, okay. But probably the best sequel title other than uh, whatever to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Um, did I see that Ivan Reitman was a producer on this? I don't have that here. I I swear I saw him in the credits. Maybe. It only gives so many credits on Letterboxd. Yep, Ivan Reitman, private parts. Oh, hell yeah, nice. So we have some Ghostbusters talent in there. Okay. Also, uh, written by... Lynn Blum, Michael something, and Howard Stern, technically, because this is based off his Private Parts book, which is his first book, his autobiography, which is pretty good. Not like his uh, last book he put out, Howard Stern Comes Again, which is just, they take his interviews and they put them in print form. And he wrote like two pages of something where he's like, "Uh, I almost thought I had cancer, but ended up I didn't have it. And that was like his big revelation for the book. Oh, that's good. I'm glad he doesn't have cancer. Yeah. Released in 1997. I'm actually listening, uh, hearing from fans of the Stern show uh, in the 90s when this movie was being made and came out. Thank God I wasn't a listener because all he talked about supposedly was this movie to the point of a lot of them didn't like the movie when it came out because they just heard so much about it every day for hours. Oh, I bet. Because there's some, like, podcasters I listen to who are also directors and stuff. And the best time to listen to them is, like, in the off-season when they're not working on something. Yeah. Because when they have, like, a big thing they're working on, I'm like, enough of it! I don't want to hear about it anymore! Yeah, that's all they talk about. But, um, starts off, how did you know about Fartman? Because that's one thing that you said, I was like, oh, I forgot about Fartman. I was like, how does Greg know about this? Fartman was a cultural thing. Like, everyone knew Fartman. Like, that was a clip that circulated forever. It would always be brought up in, like, those shocking moments compilations and stuff, like MTV and stuff. Would yeah. Run. Fartman was a cultural moment. I was gonna, You said that. I was like, is Greg, like, a secret Howard Stern fan and he doesn't know it? No, I just, I know, I, as long, along with most of the country, remember Fartman. And I think I already know the question to this. Did you ever listen to the show at all? I had Sirius for a hot minute when I got my last car, and I'd turn it on here and there. But Wait, that's what, pretty much it. When was that? Like, what years? Like, 2019. Oh, so, oh, you listened to real shitty Stern. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the appeal in it. Yeah, you didn't get the good stuff. Okay, no, listen to the already years. If, if anyone out there watched this movie just because... They're like, oh, Throbbing with Horror did an episode. We have listeners that will, like, listen to the show no matter what we do. So if you are 
new to the show, just look up uh, YouTube Howard Stern Show Artie Lang. All those stories are so great. Oh, hey, Greg. It's not like you're putting out fucking nine episodes this month for some reason. Go listen to all these old Howard Stern things, too. Yeah, <laughs> sure, Brent, all my free time. I'll make sure I get to that. <laughs> They're really funny. Oh, I'm sure they are. That sounds like a nice leisurely activity for Brett from Dimension Z after he watches the movie and talks about it. <laughs> um, but the movie starts off with Fartman coming down, Stern's in the rafters talking about, like, oh, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, hopefully this will, like, kind of work out. And like you said, it became very, like, infamous of one of the shocking moments, and it almost just people kind of made fun of him for it. Well, if you actually watch the real Fartman clip, not what they play in the movie, it goes on forever. He just yeah. keeps talking about, I'm Fartman, over and over and over again in real life. I think like it was funny in real life, but he just went on for so fucking long. It, this movie, originally he wanted to make a Fartman movie, and they said no, so he did this movie. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Who's greenlighting this? I don't know even, I don't think I would be a fan of the Fartman movie. I mean, maybe. That'd be fun. Maybe, yeah. But it's great because he does the whole stage bit, and then he goes backstage. And it's like, you see Ozzy Osbourne, Dee Snyder, Slash, Tiny Tim is there for, like, no reason. And, like, the backstage of this, like, 90s award show, they had to make sure Tiny Tim's there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Flavor Flav was there. Like, were all these people even, like, actively putting out music at this time? Oh, yeah, in some way or whatnot. Tiny Tim, not really. He was just doing, like, live shows around, and he was a regular on the Stern show. I mean, but, like, was Ozzy doing much musically at this time? Because I think this is when the Osbournes was taken off and everything. Oh, yeah, I think Ozzy has, like, never not put music out. No, that's fair. But he does not get the reaction he wanted. He's kind of like, oh, they don't understand my art-type deal here. Yeah, everyone's, like, uh, sticking their nose up at him and whatnot. And then it cuts back to... it's uh, They do some kind of transition to... Now it's, like, five-year-old Howard Stern. And, God, what would that be? The 50s or the 60s? Um, a long time ago, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, driving into Manhattan with his dad, who was a radio producer. He was a radio guy in the old days. To like, oh yeah, my dad never had anything to do with me. All he ever told me to do was sit down, shut up! Which is like a huge bit that he did forever. And Howard really does hate his parents. Oh, that's nice. Oh yeah. To the point of like now he has like hundreds of millions of dollars, but he complains about having to pay the nursing home that his mom's in. Oh, sounds like a stand-up guy. Yeah, like his dad just died not long ago, and he did like a little bit of a eulogy of it, but then a lot of it was like, yeah, my dad was a pretty shitty person. Like, not even when the guy died could he give him anything. <laughs> nah, what would you expect, though? Yeah, but um, it's great because he, he goes into the radio show with his dad, and there's this guy in there, Symphony Sid, who's like losing his mind, breaking records, being like, I'm tired of playing this shit, da-da-da. And it's great because Howard Stern's dad stands up is like uh with my um power by the federal uh, by the FCC I demand you to get on the radio in a respectful way and the guy sits down and is like this is symphony Sid, and you're listening to jazz uh, some smooth jazz today he just goes right back into it like owns this guy 
Oh, by the way, too, he is... At, uh, this whole movie is, like, the perspective of him telling a story to this woman on a plane. Oh, correct. Yeah, it's because, yeah, this lady comes... Uh, this is all after Fart Man, like, the day after. He's embarrassed by it. It's, like, on the front page of the newspaper of, like, stern gross-out event, whatever. And the lady goes walking onto the plane, tries to get another seat, and is, like, forced to sit beside him. Yes. But then he's like, I got some puppets, and I thought I'd be a puppeteer. And he's doing puppet shows for the old folks' home. He makes the puppets fuck each other. Is this true? Oh, well, yes. Um, It depends on what you want to believe from Howard and not. One version of his, uh, when he was a teenager and whatnot, he was like the nerd kid who no one had anything to do with and was like a complete outsider. Or he was the rock star badass who was uh, drinking Jack Daniels and like going to punk shows. Like, it depends on what you want to believe from Stern. He still does the Vietnam bit to this day. But he's in high school, and we cut there. And this isn't Howard Stern playing himself yet. This is still no. another actor, but he's very embarrassed about his dick size, and to make up for it, he starts smoking weed and tells his dad he wants to be on the radio. And on a, he kind of supports him, and he goes to college for a communications degree. And this is where Howard Stern starts playing Howard Stern in the movie. And it's because it's so great because he calls it out too. He's like, "I know what you're thinking. He's way too old to be playing a college kid." But for this movie, you have to uh, suspend your disbelief. But it is just so funny of like Howard Stern, like in his like I think he would have been in his like forties during making of this movie. And, like, are these retro 70s clothes with the giant, like, horrible mustache? <laughs> he can't get a date at all. He has, like, a thousand girls and he finally asks a blind girl. She says yes, but then feels his face and changes her mind. Yeah, it's like, uh, no, I got some, uh, reading to catch up on later tonight. <laughs> but he starts DJing at the college radio station. Hey, it's intern Corey. Yeah. But... Him and his friends are out, and they're caught in the rain, and he's like, I have a friend who lives close by, Elise. They go there to get out of the rain, and he meets Allison for the first time. Dude, this entire movie is about how much he loves Allison. This came out in 1997. Yeah, so two years later, they get the divorce, and Howard Stern marries uh, supermodel Beth Ostrock. Yeah, like, two years after this whole big budget motion picture about how much he loves his wife, two years later divorced. That's it's, that's something that people that enjoy Stern love to, like, kind of tease about and make fun of, because this entire thing is like, Allison's my whole life. She was there with me throughout the everything, ups and downs. I love Allison. Allison. Yeah, then they got divorced and he married a supermodel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, but it's great because Howard, he goes, like you said, he goes on the radio and he's like, hi, thank you for listening to this college radio station. It's so funny watching him try to be bad at radio. Dude, well, let's be honest. There's a type of DJ. You'll find him a lot on your local stations. You yeah. just do what I call the DJ voice and they suck. It's Hey, you're listening to WNWA with Greg of the Dead. What do you think, Brett? How's that weather looking today? And oh, I fucking hate it. Yeah. I hate it, was, it so much. It, and that's like, the I'm glad they kind of make fun of that in this. Yeah, that's the morning zoo, which is just so much, which came out of kind of the Howard Stern thing of people trying to imitate him, but just like 
not doing anything good whatsoever. But like he puts on a record and like all these tapes fall on the record and make it skip. And I just love the noise he makes because he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he meets Allison at Elisa's house and he asks her to be in a student film and she does and they win best student film at the college film festival. Yes. Uh, May 12th, 1977, Brett, gets a job at a real radio station. Oh, shit. Uh, which one is this? Did, uh, you write that down? It's the, the first one. I don't okay. know. But he's not very good, so he gets promoted to program manager. Oh, yeah, it's like, uh, I will pay you $95 a week <laughs> to be a DJ at my station. That's right, because I was trying to think if we had gotten to Detroit yet, and this is, this is the place before Detroit. Okay. But... He gets promoted to program manager because he's a bad DJ. He gets married, and he goes into work, and he has to fire this guy. He doesn't want to do it, but that's his job. And he's also he's still just so bad on the radio still, because he's like, No, ready from some Ramones, gabba-gabba-wee, gabba-wee, gabba-wee. It's like <laughs> the program manager's like looking at him through the window, like shaking his head. But he gets a job as a DJ for less money, because that's what he really wants to do. Yeah, because he's talking, I love it's the scene of him and Allison, like, laying in their apartment, and they're like, would you still love me if I made a lot less money, and uh, we couldn't really afford this apartment? And she's like, oh yeah, I would still love you. I'd have to leave you, but I would still love you, like, joking around. And then she's like, we really can't afford the place right now, so yeah, what's it matter? Yeah, what's the difference? But he messes up during an ad, which is very funny, because he just knows the name oh. of the place he's advertising for, and he starts talking about memories of going there as a kid, and how it's, it was always great price and all this stuff, because he can't find the ad copy, and he does find the ad copy, and it's a grand opening, the store's never existed before, and you're like, well, he just, I messed up, uh, and he uses his real voice for the first time, and he comes home, and Allison's like, that was actually really funny, like, when you did that bit with the ad and everything. So he's finding out, like, just him is funny, I guess. Right. Yeah, this is um, when he goes to WCCC. And this is great because they keep doing, like, these little in-between almost chapter markers with Baba Booey. And this is uh, Crackhead Bob shows up, which is a Howard Stern show whack packer from, like, the old, old days. I think he came in from, like, the 90s. Is the guy who's with him the whole movie, then? Uh, no, Baba Booey, um, is just, he's the guy that was in the middle. Yeah, no, that's when, uh, Crackhead Bob is, like, he's trying to do the intro, and Baba Booey's like, no, uh, Howard goes to Har Hartford and becomes Wacky Warning Man at WCCC, and Crackhead Bob's just like, WCCC, Wacky, he's like, no, you have to say it differently. <laughs> and that's when, um, he k kicks, uh, Crackhead Bob out. And has Nicole Bass show up. It's a big, like, she was a muscle lady. The big muscle builder lady. And she was another um, regular on the Stern show all the time. It, Howard becomes the wacky warning man at WCCC. How did that sound? It, it's not too masculine, right? It's like, oh, no, no, it sounds great. And she's, like, flexing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets to interview Brittany Fairchild, who is not a real person. She... I forget who the real person. I did look it up. Yes, um, there was like a B movie thing like this that kind of happened. It's also so funny how like Fred immediately just becomes his best friend. It's like, hey, can you uh, 
bring in the uh, snare drum here real quick. I got to do my Ringo Starr bit. And then uh, cut, cutting to Fred's helping them move into their new house. <laughs> yes. But he goes this premiere of this B movie she's in, and she starts hitting on him and everything. Back at her place with Fred, <laughs> they're both there. She gets in the bath. He's like, Fred, she's undressing. Does she not know the door's open? I don't know. And she's like, Howard, come in here. Will you rub my back? He's getting real. I, I don't think so. I'm married. She goes, well, why don't you get in the tub and rub my back? Like, oh, I really should. She goes, well, why don't you leave your underwear on? It's not cheating if your underwear is on. It's a lot like swimming. And I love what Howard's like, you know what? She started to make a whole lot of sense. Fred Norris plays himself in this movie. He's so great. In the way, almost, like, how Pat Smear was great in Studio 666, of Fred Norris has no personality whatsoever, but he's great with, like, the drops and stuff, and he's a great writer. But there's nothing to Fred whatsoever, usually. I like him in this movie a lot. I think he's really funny. There's also a theory out there that, in this movie, Fred isn't real, he's in Howard's mind, <laughs> no one else can see Fred. That's why he's like in the bathtub with them. Like that's why almost no one else talks to Fred. <laughs> I was just about to say all three of them are in the bathtub at this point. And Fred's hat is still on too. <laughs> yeah. And that's um what I also did you notice when they're in the movie theater, she starts rubbing Howard's leg and there's yeah. like it grows like an inch. It's like usually be like, whoa, like sausage. It was like whack. It's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she turns around and it's like starts trying to make out with him and grabbing his crotch. He's like, Oh, I gotta get out of here. I'm married, blah blah blah. And I love how he, like, leaves. He's still covered in, like, bubbles and everything from the bath and grabs his clothes. She turns around. Fred gives her, like, hey, I'm here kind of look. And she's like, eh. And you see Fred's, it's just like an expression, but like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but he's drying his underwear out, like, outside of the car on his way home. And he stashes them in a plastic bag under the car. But the next day, Allison finds the wet underwear in the car. He could not, he comes home, it's like, also, what, middle of the night, you know, because this is a movie premiere, it's already dark out. His wife is on her hands and knees scrubbing the stove, like the inside of the oven, and with like the big, like, wash gloves on and everything, she's all sweaty, like, oh, hi, honey, I love you so much, my darling dearest, how was the premiere? Like, it couldn't be any worse for him. Yeah, like, oh, everything's great. Uh, I'm really tired. I gotta go to bed. And he goes, he's like, oh, it's just, I'm so stressed out. No one knows I have to be at 4 a.m. to be at that radio station. I'm just going to bed. And he's like walking up the stairs. He does like a little quick side look to her. Like, did she believe me? Um, but she next day she confronts him about it at a restaurant. Right when he gets the news that he's moving to Detroit, I uh, got a job there. But she's not coming with him because she found the wet underwear. It's so, well, number one, it's like, just throw the underwear out. Why are you keeping them? Yeah. But okay. It's not like it's special underwear. It's just tiny whiteies. Just throw them out. And it's so funny because Allison goes, they're in a baggie. And she's like, are these yours? They're wet. <laughs> and Howard has like, he doesn't say anything. And at this point, um, he's like, Allison's not coming with me to Detroit. Uh, Fred's kind of helping him pack up. And all uh, right. Howard's like, I'm not going to forget you, Fred. I will remember you as soon as I can. I'm going to bring you to wherever I am. And Fred's like, okay. It's like, no, tr trust me, Fred. I'm not going to, I'm not going to forget you. We're a great team. He's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
But he starts his job in Detroit, and his new co-worker, DJ, is a dick to him. He keeps calling him Bill- Big Bird. And it's a great, because this is um when Howard Stern really becomes the, the beginning of the Stern that we know. Of There's people that, this is when he started getting the cult following. Of When I would listen to the show all the time, you'd get people every once in a while would be like, yeah, I started listening to you in Detroit. That's almost like... Uh, Tell them Steve Dave people when they're like, oh, I started listening to you during Smodco, even before Tell them Steve Dave. And it's like, oh, look at you, Mr. Fancy Britches. <laughs> but this is where Howard is like, he's like, uh, Allison dumped me. I don't know if she's a, I'm ever going to see her again. I got this asshole calling me Big Bird. I'm in the shitty like radio station that's basically in a warehouse. I just let go. Yeah, this is where he does the kill the white man bit. Yeah, with uh, Mama Look a Boo Boo Day, the first African American uh, weather helicopter pilot or something. <laughs> and things seem to be going fine, I guess. And Allison finally comes to visit, and we get the off the air, I need to be the only one. I don't care what you do on your show, so everything's fine. Right. Yeah, had the, Howard's like living in a motel at this point. His like life is as like bad as it could be. And then Howard's like, "Of course you're the only person for me, Allison. I love you, Allison, so much, Allison." <laughs> <laughs> 2 years after this movie, nothing will happen. But the rock station, the guy programming, there's like, "So we have this new idea. There's too many rock stations in Detroit." The station turns into a country station. And you see like, Howard Stern there for a minute. He cuts into the middle of the song. He's like, look, I know I'm not supposed to talk in the middle of the song, but uh, this is Hop Along Howie. I just don't get it. Maybe it's because I never fucked my cousins or something like that. He goes, yeah, but but I quit. He's like, yeah, I quit. Uh, I'm pretty sure I quit. And um, it's also a great scene where he goes to... Uh, he, uh, he's in the park playing frisbee with the guy and the guy doesn't know how to catch the frisbee so he keeps smacking him in the forehead yes but next this is where he gets the Whoa. job in DC Brett yeah we get we go to DC 101 holy shit this is when I talk to my parents about like do you remember like listening to the Howard Stern show and whatnot in the eighties? And they don't like they like him kinda, but they don't have like the love that I do. So like, oh yeah, we kinda listened to him when he was in DC, but then he left and we started listening to the Grease Man. But he meets Robin for the first time, who's the yes. newswoman at the station. Robin Quivers, the only other woman in his life, as he puts it, uh, also playing herself. And you said you loved her in this movie. I thought she was actually a fantastic actress. I'm not going to lie. like She knocks it out of the fucking park. I would never guess she never acted before. There's a divide in the Stern Show fans. Some people love Robin. Some people think she contributes like nothing to the show and all she does is laugh at herself. I love Robin. I th- there's been so many great bits and whatnot that she's thrown out there that I've enjoyed. Isn't laughing at yourself like 90% of the game, though? Oh, this is also extremely funny because these 80s Stern shows are unlistenable because all they do is laugh and clap. So it's just like, oh, 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 oh how outrageous is that? Oh, like, it's terrible. <laughs> Dude, if people heard the unedited version of some of these episodes, though, it'd be the exact same thing <laughs> before yeah. I cut that out. Yeah. But they play off each other really well. Like, she starts read- reading the news, but he starts cutting in on talking to her and everything. And there's the Vietnam bit and all this kind of stuff. They do really good. 
Oh yeah, it's like uh, I was in Vietnam. It's like you were not in Vietnam. What were you in? What were you? He's like, what were you again, Robin? A captain. That's what I was—a captain. <laughs> but they get an FCC fine, and he gets yelled at by the people at the station, and they're trying to keep him and Robin like separated and everything, but it does not work. It was great because they're like, "Did you say penis on the air?" But back at home, Allison and him are also trying to have a baby. That's just. What's starting, and then we have radio sex for the first time when he's at the oh. station. Some caller calls in, is like, all we can think about is you, because he's complaining about not getting laid. And like, here, let, let's try this out. And he has her put her subwoofer on the ground and turn the bass all the way up. And like, whoa, 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 making all these noises <laughs> while she straddles her subwoofer. And everyone, like, it cuts to people just listening to the radio, people at work, people driving and stuff. Everyone's turning it up and paying attention and everything. Oh, yeah, like a car crashes, which um would be an ongoing thing throughout, like, the entire Stern show's, like, existence. Of, oh, that bit was so funny, I had to, I almost crashed my car. Or, that was so disgusting, I had to pull over and throw up. Yeah. But, yeah, this is such, this is another one of the ones where Howard would walk out during the edited version and be like, if you want to see the full version, you better buy that DVD. Um. But it's Do you have this? Like, oh yeah, of course I have this. It's right, on right. right now while we're podcasting. I'm watching this scene. I, I went. Uh, Jeff Bezos had me covered. I saw it on Prime. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so for somehow this scene got worn out on a DVD. It's not even a VHS. <laughs> but this, <laughs> I remember being little and like watching this. Um, on like HBO or whatnot when it was unedited. And it's like, you're sitting there watching it with your parents and all of a sudden I'm just like, Oh, what's What's going on with the lady mom? It's like nothing. Just fart man's funny. Isn't it? It's like, yeah, he farted. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Oh, ratings but there's also going just up. the great because she does. She has like this screaming orgasm and it ends with Howard. <laughs> <laughs> But ratings go up huge, and he gets Fred back. Yes, it's a great like. Uh, he's this guy's nothing but personality. Like he's extremely funny. <laughs> Cut to Fred. It's like he's being dropped off at the uh, station with like his box of things. <laughs> There's a box with a snare drum in it. <laughs> it's great because they start doing like their uh, "I Love Lucy" bit, where it's those two like doing the footsteps and knocking at the door shit and stuff. Yeah. But we find out Allison's pregnant. It's all excited, but she has a miscarriage and it's very sad, but they kind of like, he cheers her up and kind of makes some jokes about it, like making light of the situation. Look, fine to do at home, but then he makes a terrible mistake. You're going, oh, that joke killed it at home. I'm going to make the joke about my wife's miscarriage uh, on the air. Yeah. But it's um great because uh, he finds out that she's pregnant during lesbian dating game where he she calls in and it's like honey yes you're on the air it's like oh am i on the air i said that i needed to speak to you privately it's like come on honey we all want to know why you're interrupt uh, interrupting the lesbians don't you want to know lesbians she's like yeah i really do howard it's like <laughs> i'm pregnant and robin goes i wonder if it'll be a lesbian and howard's like oh robin that's too far stop it <laughs> but then like you said they do the um which used to be actually one of the funny bits during this time of now here's God and it'll be God with the weather. And it's like, 
You couldn't get your wife pregnant, Howard. A real man would have done it the first time. Now the baby's with me. And it's like a baby sound effect in the background. It's like, oh, that's my kid up there. I do remember the God segments. I remember these. So there's something. Oh, there you go. There's another point. I knew about that. Um, But he and Allison obviously have a huge fight about this. Every time they fight, he gets a new job because he gets a job offer from New York and... It's great, and his wife is also pregnant again, and he's all excited, and the people at New York at WNBC are watching TV before Howard gets there, and there's an FCC story about Howard's turn, and this raucous, outrageous DJ, and it shows him farting into the mic and telling the FCC to fuck off and all this kind of stuff. Like, this is the man we hired. It's so funny because it's just like we're being completely blown off. Like our DC market's gone. Like how can one DJ take all of our money? And then it's like, can we get them? And then like you said, they do like the expose on like a porn, like sex DJ, Howard Stern. Yep. And the guy in charge of the station fires everyone in the room. Like you're all fired. Like all the people who hired him. Clears the room except for... Pig Vomit. <laughs> Played by Paul Giamatti. Yes. Um, pig Vomit, Pig Virus. It was called both on the show. Um, he's just so great. Paul Giamatti plays, like, the skeezy, like, dirty, like, big wig at, like, NBC so perfectly. I think he has that, like, rat kind of, like, scowl to him where he's like, ah, <laughs> He's also doing like <laughs> he's doing this like southern thing also for some reason where like sometimes he's just talking like Paul Giamatti, but sometimes he has this real thick accent. <laughs> I sh- we should clarify to the listeners who don't know this man's name is not Pig Vomit. He no. has a normal name, but Howard Stern hates him and refers to him as Pig Vomit on the air because he looks like a pig and he makes me want to vomit. So I call him Pig Vomit. Yes, um, but, he meets with Pig Vomit before he goes on for the first time, and this is where he starts telling him how he has to say the call correctly. Well, yeah, he's, like, putting him down completely, because Pig Vomit's like, I can tame him. I can make him the next Don Imus. Fuck Don Imus. Because um, the contract he got, unless he, they can't fire him, because they'll have to pay him out a huge amount of money, so he wants to either tame him or get him to quit. Right. And they're like, oh no, we can take care of this guy. Um, there's also, I forgot, there's, like, the in-between bit with Baba Booey again, where it's like, Howard goes to New York City, and it's this guy and his wife, where, like, his wife was supposed to get naked for the movie, but then she's saying no, she's not, not gonna do it anymore. Then she's like, why is there a donkey here? And Baba Booey's like, don't, <laughs> uh, don't worry about the donkey, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> and then it's great, because he's like, are you, uh, are you gonna do it? She's like, no. He's like, okay, well, great, thanks, guys. Let the donkey go. Just, like, let it free in New York City. <laughs> but they're on at 3 a.m. Oh, oh by the way, like, when Paul Giamatti is telling him to say it properly, like, say it like this, WNBC! And Howard goes, WNBC! Like, no, 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 no. Even though he did exactly like him, and no, makes him do it 20 times. Even Greg's not doing it right. He's like, it's WNBC! And Howard's like, WNBC! It's like, no, you gotta get that NBC in there. Don Imus does it perfectly. Let me go down there where I'll let you meet Don Imus. He can show you how it's done. And Imus hated Stern from the very beginning because he was stealing so much of his audience away. So it's like Imus pops out of the door real quick like, fuck you, Stern! And like slams the door in his face. (laughs) 
But then it's like, yeah, I want you to go on at 3 a.m. to do some characters like Imus. And Howard's like, well, I'm different from Imus. I don't do characters. It's like, well, now you do. Come on, you want to be a team player, don't you? <laughs> so he's on at 3 a.m. And the whole bit is he's pretending to be a gay DJ and he says, I'm going to gargle cum. He gargles water and he goes, oh, now I can say it. To make the joke that pig vomit is gay, and that's how he's able to say it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I swallowed! Oh no, Robin! <laughs> but, obviously he has a meeting the next day, and he's chewed out, and they're saying, all bits have to be approved by me from now on. Okay. And next then they go through, like, the seven dirty words you're not allowed to say. Yes. Which is very yes. important. <laughs> Yes, because the next day, they're playing match game, saying all of the band words. And they're like, Willow! What goes with Willow? Pussy! And all this kind of stuff. Well, I wrote mine down a little sloppy, Gene, so I got a sloppy pussy! Oh, sloppy pussy! <laughs> Blank a doodle do. Well, the only thing on my mind, Gene, is cock! And I wrote mine kind of big, so I got a big cock. You cannot say big cock! Like, you can say big cock. Oh, big cock coming out of your mouth sounds bad. So you can say big cock coming out of my mouth, but I can't say big cock. That's correct. This is also the um, introduction of Jackie, the joke man, Martling, who would be on the Stern Show until the late 90s when Artie Lang uh, took over. Ah, remember, all bits were supposed to be approved. Pig vomit comes in very angry and fires Robin to send a message. Yeah, and uh, Robin's storming out pissed off at Howard, because Robin's like, let's just go somewhere else. Like, let's just go somewhere else. We have a great team. We have the audience. They'll follow us. Or we'll build another one. Like, we've done it a couple times already. And Howard's like, well, if I leave, they win, and I can't let them win. Yeah, so now she's pissed at Howard. Um, the next day, to get back at... Oh, Kenny is pig on saying That's right. Yeah, Kenny. Uh, he gets Pig Vomit's wife on the phone and is like, are you not, like, giving him any at home? Like, is he not getting any action? I feel like the guy needs to get laid. And I love, like, he's in the bathroom, and since it's a radio station, they have, like, radios all over the place. <laughs> he hears it, like, hurries up, zips, and goes running in after him and everything. He's, like, pissing, and it's one of those ones he's, like, trying to hurry, so he just starts, like, shaking up and down. <laughs> he's, like, runs out of the bathroom without, like, washing his hands. There's so many times of, like, Paul Giamatti running down these corridors after Stern. <laughs> oh. Uh, Howard has a new newsman, too, at this point. Yeah, some guy, and he's very um proud of his summer stock uh, experience. <laughs> he's the most dry, boring human on the planet. He's and even talked about, like, oh, I did some uh, light comedy in my uh, younger years. <laughs> But he, him and his new newsman and Fred are all in there, and they have this girl come in and swallow oh. Kabasi. It's the Kabasa woman. This yes. woman is legit. This is an actual lady he used to have on the radio all the time. Oh, okay. But she deep throats a Kabasa, and the newsman He's... quits on the spot. He's like, that was the most unprofessional thing I've ever had to deal with in my life. Quits. No one else will be his newsman, so he gets Robin back. It's great, too, because, like, an NBC tour is going by with, like, nothing but old people. And then, like, as soon as they get to the window, she's like, okay, yes, and she's licking the uh, whipped cream off the tip of the kielbasa, Robin. Oh, oh, and there it goes, all the way down her throat. Have you ever seen a lady take 12 inches of kielbasa down her throat? Come on, guys! 
<laughs> but yeah, he gets Robin back. Uh, he goes and basically begs her to come back, and she agrees. It's so great because they're doing the meeting during when Howard's during the news, and he's like, "How do you pronounce this lady's name? Mon- Monaco, Morocco." Monaco? And Fred's like, yeah, that one. It's like, okay, well, whatever. She's dead. And then starts talking about, like, someone else who died, and it's probably like, well, her husband probably put the hit out for her, because, you know, she was getting a little up there in age. He's ready to trade her in for a new model. And they're like, oh my god, what the fuck is he saying? We need someone to actually do the news. We're NBC. (laughs) (laughs) It's like right around this time, too, doesn't Howard go on Letterman? And he has, like, the anti-NBC t-shirt on, and he's talking to Letterman, being like, I know, we just talked on the phone last week. You hate these uh, pig vomit jerks as much as I do. And Letterman's laughing. He's like, oh, 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 no, no, I I love it here at NBC. (laughs) But, yeah, so Robin's back, and this is where they're doing another bit, where there's a naked girl... In, on the air, I love they put newspaper up to avoid another tour incident. And Allison <laughs> is also listening, by the way. And yeah, with Howard's like her mom sleep. and like sister or something. Yes. And do you know who this lady is? is? No. Jenna Jameson. Oh no, shit! I didn't recognize yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm disappointed in myself on that one. Oh, y- young Greg would be ashamed of me. <laughs> like, how do you not know those boobs? <laughs> But Pig Vomit has installed this phone where if he calls it, the guy will kick it to commercial, pretty much. Right, it drop right immediately into um, some music, always have music ready, and so as soon as the red phone rings, he has to immediately dump it out. So yep. it's the very first naked woman on radio, which a lot of people have said before, of like, well, it's not like it's video, like... I guess you could kind of see from, like, in the 80s, there was, like, your best chance to, like, find a Playboy in the woods or listen to Howard Stern, like, describe what the boobs look like. (laughs) (laughs) But Robin's like, we're not on the air, and Howard's furious, and he goes and fights (laughs) Kenny live on air, like, is on the phone. Was this real? Um, yes, kind of. He definitely went and did the, like, uh on the phone thing because i've heard this the audio from this and it actually is pretty funny but it's 1980s phone on 80s radio so you can like barely make out anything that's being said um but it's great too because whenever uh the naked lady is in the studio she starts like hugging and like caressing all over howard and robin's like howard you're married howard's like oh uh i forgot to tell you my uh, wife died of cancer six hours ago so um yeah, I've been single for six hours now. Honey, you're God's wife now, and I'm ready to move on. <laughs> With all this <laughs> while his wife, mother-in-law, and like sister-in-law all listening in the car. Yes. I wanted to make uh, sure to get that point in, because that was funny. But yeah, he starts, he goes in, he starts banging on Pig Virus's door. Um, he gets the phone from the secretary. Am I on, Robin? Yes, we got you patched through. He breaks in, he like leans over he's like hey i see everyone's salaries robin which is something else that happened he got a lot of trouble about of he like said on the air what everyone made (laughs) a lot of people got mad at him pro tip to everybody listening if your job tells you you're not allowed to discuss your salary that's illegal do it anyway yes please definitely do that because then you can hopefully get more money exactly Um, 
but it's so because he like punches him in the face kind of and he breaks his nose and like pig virus like bangs the other guy in the like over the back with like an award (laughs) they're all (laughs) screaming there's like blood like trickling down like there's a crowd outside the uh doorway now (laughs) but eventually like we cut to a meeting kenny's all pissed but then they go over the ratings and they're like he shot up from a two to a five he's like dominated the market completely like we he's something we've never seen before so yeah like he's, that beat out. he's beat out don imus he's beat everyone at this point they're like he is the king of all media that he claims to be yes and kenny comes to his house to tell him he's won you know, you did it and tries to make up with him like figure you need a friend on the inside fuck you and shuts the door on him slams the door yeah howard's such a rebel Next, we cut to the Howard Stern Rules New York Festival, which yes. you inform me is a real thing. Um, I know he definitely. I don't know if this exact one is real, but he definitely always used to do a lot of concerts, and he would get big name bands in, like ACDC, Metallica. That would happen, yes. But yet he. Everyone's chanting Howard, Howard, holding up WNBC signs, suck just, signs. There's also great ones where it's like Don Imus sucks. <laughs> yes, but then he's like, ladies and gentlemen, ACDC, and ACDC starts playing Shook and, Me All Night Long. And like, then everyone's his- there, like, his parents are there, which is funny, you see, like, Ben Stern lean over to his mom and go, like, ACDC, and they both shrug. You see Baba Booey, trying, they're trying to make Baba Booey look up like he did in 1985, with, like, the big afro hair, and he had this big, horrible mustache, and he was just, like, real furry and whatnot. But it's funny because they kind of put him in the background because it doesn't look great. But it's like holy, it's like old Baba Booey playing young Baba Booey. <laughs> but right here, look, Brett. If if you were at Brett Fest, yeah, your favorite bands are playing. There's thousands of people just there to see Brett. It's a great time. Wouldn't you be a little angry if that's when your wife decides to go into labor? I'm just saying. Would, there would you'd have to be like, oh my god, honey, this is the most special moment of our entire life. But there's gonna be that voice in the back of your head being like, motherfucker, right now, right as ACDC comes on, good in 1985, ACDC, like Angus Young's still gonna moon the crowd at some point, do his own, own like funny <laughs> dance and shit. Like now, you have to give birth to this fucking child while you're smiling at her, being like, it's okay, honey. It's like motherfucker. <laughs> but they have a baby everything's great and then we cut back to the airplane and he's telling the story to this lady he's been sitting by the whole time she goes you know at first he goes you didn't like me you hated me and they're talking and everything he lands his wife and kids are there he tries jokingly asking if the lady who's sitting by would be interested in a threesome does not go well yeah because um it's funny on the plane howard's like i could get this woman if i want she wants me. It's like, of course she does, Howard. The like, this is just Howard Stern's egos. Every lady likes me. I'm the sexiest man alive now. Which is so funny when Beth, uh, he started dating Beth, and they are, uh, they brought her into the studio and started grilling her with all these questions, being like, "You're just after his money, right?" And she's like, "Oh no, no, I think he's very attractive." They're like, "Do you think Joey Ramone's attractive?" And there's like a slight pause, and she's like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that checks out then. Um, and yeah, that's we get credits, but then quickly once credits oh. start, we get stuttering John. We get stuttering fuckface John shows up, which 
if there if I could have like one wish ever, it would be that Greg got super into the stuff like I do, and we could start one of these stuttering John bashing podcasts that makes so much money. In what world would this podcast make so much money? Because people love hearing people talk shit on Stuttering John. There's um, WATP, who are these podcasts. They started it. There's the Uncle Rico show with Shuley, who's a former Howard Stern staff member. There's um, Cardiff Electric. Does I'm dropping some deep names here. So if you guys get this, I hope you do. He does a show. There's all kinds of edit-together shows. There's a subreddit dedicated to hating Stuttering John. Oh, that's mean. No, but no. He, that's a, there's a reason he's called the stuttering fuckface. Uh, allegedly started a fake cancer scam where he was stealing the funds from it. You do you, stuttering John. But no, I'm, I'm kidding. That is terrible. <laughs> another point is, like, stuttering John was telling the story about the making of this movie on his podcast. And they he did what you see in the movie where he stutters and whatnot. And he's like, fuck you, Howard. And then like, okay, can you do one without the stutter? And he goes, oh, sure. So his whole thing's a lie. Yeah. It's kind of genius. It's also so great because, um, NBC hired stuttering John away from the Stern show in like 2004 to like, fuck you, Howard Stern show. We got one of your guys not knowing stuttering. John has no talent whatsoever. Howard and Fred wrote all the jokes that he would like the joke questions. He would ask celebrities. He didn't write any of those. Why am I thinking of that thing from like pirates of the Caribbean? They're like, stop or we'll kill your man. He goes, He's not our man. I don't care if you kill him. It's yeah. like that scenario. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's private parts from 1997. I am so happy I got to talk about Howard Stern for so, so long. And it's all relevant to the show. It's not like me going on a non sequitur, like, oh, like trying to shoehorn it in there. No. So It's also great because there's, um. did you see the um after credit scene after Stuttering John? I believe so. What was it? Where it's, um, uh, and now uh, the nominees for Best Actor, uh, Harrison yeah. Ford, uh, Robert De Niro, Denzel Washington, and they're like all cheering for all of them. It's like Howard Stern, and like everyone goes dead silent. And it's like, and the Best Actor is Howard Stern, and he comes out as Fart Man, but then it's like a fake dummy falls, and he like crashes to the stage. Everyone yes. starts cheering. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I won't say I'll never watch it again, but I can't say that I will either. If it's on, I will not turn it off. I'll put it that way. I'm glad. I'm, I am I was wondering how you would react to this movie, because you don't know Stern, really. You know of him, but it's not like you've... You don't watch Howard Stern clips on YouTube for fun, like I do. No, negative. So, so but no, I thought it was a nice movie. You, you could go in knowing nothing, and st- it's not like you're missing. You can't enjoy the movie. Right. Oh, no, it does a really good setup of his life and whatnot. It doesn't really... Like, I went real deep in with stuff, but if you didn't know any of it, it's not like the it would take anything away from the movie. The weird thing is the movie just kind of ends, but I guess it's because yeah. it's a real-life thing, and real life isn't huge problem, giant thing to solve at the end. Like, it's just like a few years in the life of Howard Stern. Um, I do think it's a bold choice that they ended it before his biggest accomplishment of America's Got Talent. 
Oh God, <laughs> fucking Greg! God damn it! was such an odd thing it's like hey you gave us all the stuff that nobody cares about and no one likes and you stopped before we got to where everyone knows him from no you gotta get to like the great Artie Lang years where like all of a sudden Artie Lang's on heroin and his nose like there's a hole in his nose because he did so much heroin and cocaine and uh hey uh Garrett's uh Art uh I'm feeling uh pretty sick today I'm not gonna be able to uh make it in i'll be in tomorrow for sure legendary phone call <laughs> another stop on the road to america's got talent correct oh god <laughs> it's also great because at the very end it does the pig vomit paul giamani character like where is he now and they made him where he like manages like the fourth biggest um like outlet dealer like outlet store in like alabama like they made him have like the worst ending <laughs> But yeah, no, not bad movie. It was fun. This is, like I said, one I've watched since I was in elementary school. Um, and then it disappeared for a little while, and I found the DVD finally. I forget if it was at a flea market or Ides. But um, it was like that shit, like one of those places that had like every movie. And I immediately was like, I need to find private parts. It's to the point of like, I enjoy reading. I don't read all the time. But I will read any Howard Stern staffer book out there. I have Stern's first book. I have three of Artie Lang's books. At some point, I want to read uh, Jackie the Joke Man's. Artie Lang has three books. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my God. The first two books are so great. The third one's okay. Um, Artie's sober now. And he's even said the third one was just him trying to, like, do a cash grab because he needed drug money. This is insanity. That we need three Artie Lang books. Oh, no, these are so great. And the first one, the first, like, half the book, he's not even to the Stern show yet. It's all about, like, his life growing up and, like, him coming up through Mad TV and stand-up comedy and all the fucked-up shit he did and stuff. It's great. I mean, I'm glad we did this. Um, I don't know if it was worth you trading your entire month's picks for, well, but we'll see. I am... Extreme. You have no idea how happy I am that I got to memory dump so much Howard Stern lore. Finally. Because no one will ever listen to me about this. Because no one our age really listens to the radio anymore. Especially not like Howard Stern and whatnot. It's all about podcasts. No one cares about this stuff anymore. Hey, except for me. Not, let's not talk shit on podcasts. I'm just saying. Oh no, Stern did that enough in his later career to where he used to make fun of people so bad for podcasts of like, you're just sitting in your basement in your house. Like I had come to an actual studio and then COVID happened in 2020 and Howard has not left the house since and currently does his radio show from his basement. And let's be real. He's like, oh fuck, there's going to be someone to replace me that pops out from their basement. Yeah, exactly. To the point of, like, now he's had to eat his words because Sirius XM, his giant, big uh, radio station that he practically owns, has, like, gave all this money to Conan O'Brien and bought, like, his podcast. Howard Stern fears throbbing with horror. You heard it here first. Oh, yes. Once Howard uh, retires or dies or does whatever he does, we will be next. We'll be on America's Got Talent. No, I legit hope that, like, Sal and Richard... (laughs) end up, like, taking over the show somehow, or get their own show, because I love those two. 
Um, you got anything else on this? Because it's not. Oh. This is an uncanon episode, so there's no Count of the Dead or ratings from Dimension Z. Right. As of I would give this movie personally ten out of ten. I absolutely love this movie. It, like I said before, it's one of the reasons that I started listening to talk radio, which then led me to podcast, to led me to now I podcast. So this movie really does mean a lot to me because it kind of introduced me to a lot of like what I enjoy now. Like I went for a long time there and didn't listen to music. Like I just listened to podcasts and Howard Stern. Good. I'm glad we got to do it. Yes. But um, unless you have anything else, man. No, I think that's it. All right. And a Baba Booey to you, audience.